A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Stephen, filled with grace and power, was working great wonders and signs among the people. Certain members of the so-called synagogue of freedmen, Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and people from Cilicia and Asia, came forward and debated with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. When they heard this, they were infuriated, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked up intently to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out in a loud voice, covered their ears, and rushed upon him together. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. The witnesses laid down their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they were stoning Stephen, he cried out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Verum Domini.
Dominus Fabiscum, et Lexia Sancti Evangelii Secundum Mateum. Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake, as a witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at that moment what you are to say, for it will not be you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. Verbum Domini. Today we celebrate the feast of St. Stephen, the proto-martyr, the first martyr of the church. And we see in this octave of Christmas, this the gospel today, Jesus tells us, you will be hated by all because of my name. Whoever endures to the end will be saved. As, you know, as a preacher, it's always, probably many other people too, strikes as odd that this the week of the octave, we have all these martyrdoms. We have John the Beloved exiled, Thomas More, uh, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, and why uh, during Christmas? And Jesus, this reading, he's promising us hatred by all because of my name. The world, the flesh, and the devil rebels against the gospel, against Jesus, we exalt ourselves. The world uh, leads us to be self-centered. And this is all contrary to the spirit of the gospel. But these witnesses that we'll celebrate this week, you know, witness that Jesus will save us through the cross. You know, these martyrdoms during the octave point to who Jesus is, that he came, <clears throat> he was born, 
the infant of Bethlehem, and he's truly the son of God. These men and women of the early church who died witness to this. They lay down their life, not for a teacher, but they're witnessing to Jesus as the son of God, all that he said and did and taught who he was. So Stephen is the first martyr, the first to follow in the footsteps of Christ with his martyrdom. In the first four centuries of the church, the only recognized saints were the martyrs, those who gave testimony with their lives. We could say that Christmas, you know, the day of our Lord's birth, is linked with the day of our birth to eternal life through our death. We see that in Stephen. He, see, Stephen, he sees the heavens opened up. Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And Stephen is kneeling. He's worshiping the Lord here in adoration that our birth to eternal life is through our death. When we die, we go on to eternal life. So these martyrs are witnessing to how we receive this new life given to us in Christ, that he's joined himself to us by assuming human nature. He wants to be born in us, that through faith we receive him. We have this new life of Christ. Mary is the perfect type, prefigurement of this. She conceives the word through the power of the Holy Spirit. We, through faith, Jesus is born in us. This new life is given to us. The fullness is through death that we receive this in the beatific vision. Pope Benedict XVI would say, because Christ is born, we can be reborn. The Ambrosian liturgy says that yesterday the Lord was born on this feast day of St. Stephen the the liturgy would say, yesterday the Lord was born on earth that Stephen might be born in heaven. We see today in Psalm 31, the responsorial psalm, Stephen uses the same words our Lord uses in Luke's gospel, into your hands I commend my spirit. And that psalm goes on with an ending of hope that the Lord saves us Save me in your kindness, Lord. It's just calling out that we entrust ourselves to the Lord, commend our spirits, and he saves us in his kindness and his mercy. And we see that explicitly in Stephen's life, that he has this faith, this trust in the Lord. Being stoned, he kneels and sees heaven opened up. It's the next passage from what we read. We didn't read it today, but that's what happens. And we're told about Stephen that he is filled with grace and power. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the others, and when he testifies with a beautiful long speech in Acts about Jewish history, salvation history, they can't refute his wisdom. He's filled with the Holy Spirit with grace. He's one of the seven deacons ordained and mentioned in Acts. And he could not be refuted for what he said about Christ and his witness. And he says, as well, imitating Christ, cries out, do not hold this sin against him. St. Augustine would say that had Stephen not prayed, the church today would have no Paul. 
But they laid their cloaks at the foot of Saul, the Hebrew name for Paul. And he later has his conversion on the road to Damascus through the prayers and sufferings of, of Stephen that he has his conversion. Again, Pope Benedict would say in St. Stephen, we see materializing the first fruits of salvation that the nativity of Christ uh, brought to humanity, the victory of life over death, of love over hate, of the light of truth over the darkness, uh, over the darkness of falsehood. That's a great summary of what Stephen's witness is, that he has eternal life this day, of love where his persecutors were filled with hatred, he has love and forgiveness towards them. And of course, his light of his preaching and teaching over falsehood, those who deny Christ. And we are to expect the same in the world, that you will be hated by all because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. Stephen is our, our witness of how to handle persecution, of the promises of eternal life, no matter what we have to go through. And again, as I mentioned, that he's kneeling. Isn't that powerful? The shepherds in the field were told by the angel and then the other angels praising, glorifying God, you know, to go and see what has just happened here with the birth of our Lord. And they go. And presumably they worship. And you can just feel the peace and the joy. He, they find Mary and the infant, a mother and child. You know, what's more vulnerable than that? We see that today, right? If you have a, a mother and a, a child, they're taken up with the care of the child, right? They can't, you know, be given over to all this protection, defense, and achievement, and all this kind of stuff. They're very in a vulnerable position there especially in a harsh world or if, they're, if the child's born in harsh conditions, it's very vulnerable. But in that vulnerability, I think the, the identity of that child shines out with greater splendor, with greater refulgence, that, he, that our Lord is coming to us, the Word made flesh, and making a gift of himself to us. In that vulnerability, it's clearly a gift. And ultimately, he will suffer and die for our salvation. You know, as a, again, you know, in preaching, I'm reminded, it's just, it's not enough. We say it a lot, you know, in the Christmas season. It can be a, a stressful time. We might not have the family we want to have around us. We might be, whatever, isolated. Whatever difficulties, we have expectations during Christmas. And it can be a, a difficult time for people. Maybe we've lost loved ones recently, missed loved ones. It could be challenging. It's just not enough to have, you know, be filled with peace and joy and celebrate. Right? <laughs> I, just, I just watched a video of somebody saying that, and I just realized how hollow it sounds in many ways. The way to have peace and joy, though, is to go and kneel and worship and adore you know, Jesus, the infant child, before a manger scene or just in the prayer of your own home to place yourself 
in this scene of Mary and the child to worship and adore our Lord, then we can have some peace and joy. Then we can have some confidence and trust, not in ourselves and not that everything just goes well, that everything will be all right. It might not. But we have our Lord with us. He's made a gift of himself. I focus on the Lord. And that's what Stephen is doing. He's being stoned, and he sees heaven opened up. He sees Jesus the Lord. That's how he can have peace and joy and forgiveness in our hearts if we keep our eyes focused on him in, the, in all situations of life. And Christmas, that presence of the Lord just shines out, just radiates especially powerful, powerfully. That's just absolutely essential in our spiritual life to keep our eyes on the Lord because he loves us, he invites us to love him, to receive him. And we do the same. <clears throat>